where we kind of talked about the triads in relation to like the full spectrum of the Enneagram. And she talked about how within each triad, so this is the feeling, um, feeling type is uh, what, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how one of those types will try to, one type likes to express their feelings, one type likes to suppress their feelings, and the other type likes to avoid their feelings or something to that effect. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Rebel Heart Radio. We are back. We're back for a nice little friend catch-up episode here. It's just and me and you. We've got a little Enneagram Q&A. Uh, from, you know, these resident non-expert super geeks and you. <laughs> to you. I love that super geeks. I, Quite um, accurate. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, it's factual at this point. It's very factual. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh my goodness. So let's catch up, friend. What's going on with you? It's a lot of good things in a good, good way. I... It's interesting. I feel like uh, you guys have been along the ride for all of this personal development because about the time we started this podcast was about the time that I started asking a lot of questions and being really like, why is this like this? (laughs) And so y'all have been along for the ride of trying to just figure myself out. And I feel like I'm in this really beautiful place of like, implementing a lot of things that I've learned in a good way um and so I don't know if you guys follow me on Instagram but if you do you can check me out at Jenny B Beauty on Instagram that's where I'm the most active (laughs) but as of late I've been really quiet but it's been very intentional I'm okay everything's okay everything's more than okay I'm just I'm cocooning in the best way (laughs) and so I've just been really leaning into this quiet space and that was kind of Cassie's words and it really resonated with me it was just get get into that quiet space and allowed myself to really think more inwardly about what I want you know instead of talking about you know needs and then backing into the needs and filling the space there it's um it's like what do I want what kind of life do I want what do I want to how do I want to live my life and So I've been creating some annual goals around that that has really been feeding into. But how I started that was really like diving into my my what? Like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and when somebody asks me why, why has never really worked for me. But what has worked for me? Mm. 
because I've been living so hard in like how, like how am I going to accomplish? Like how am I going to do this? Because I want to do this. How am I going to do that? But I've had to really um, lately back into what am I doing? And it gets a little out there and gets a little like, you know, you have to get really philosophical to be able to answer those kind of things. So I've been doing a lot of brain dumps and like just literally getting things out of my head. And then going back through and flipping through those brain dumps um, was helping me build my what? Like, what am I doing? What am I trying to accomplish? And like, that helps me build what I'm doing, like my goals, like how my, my what has driven my how. And I didn't realize that was a thing. I kind of did, but I just didn't know what that meant. I was just been like, I don't know what you mean. Like, what do you mean? What? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I know I'm stuck in the how. I don't know what that means. Like, <laughs> just, you know, I've known that for quite some time that I've been stuck in the how. And I just, just like, I don't know how to get out of the how. I'm like, chin deep in how. Like, <laughs> I think we all kind of get stuck in, in that, you know, that space of how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? Not, you know, what is it that I should be doing? in terms yeah. of what I want, you know, not to shit all over yourself, but right. And things what, just got what do so I much want? Cl- yeah. I got so much clarity from that. So I've just been really living in that space of relishing in that. <laughs> like I'm feeling so indulgent, but in, that's the wrong word. I just can't think of another word. I've just been f- really loving that, like almost like personal sanctuary of like morning brain dump and then opening up the full focus planner that you gave me <laughs> that I love so much. <laughs> and and that actually kind of was part of the driving factor of me figuring it out because I was looking at this planner and for the first time in a long time, the idea of a setting goal was more exciting than anxiety ridden. Mm. You know, like the idea of sitting down and like having something to work towards was exciting. And that's how I am when I'm in a good place. Cause I love, I love achieving. I love goals. Um, it's exciting. Um, I, I do love those things, but for a long time now, several years, it's been a huge place of anxiety for a variety of reasons. I mean, I'll be like a huge breakdown for an episode, but regardless, it's been, <laughs> we're getting serious really real fast here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been really good. I mean, I've been allowing myself to be in a place of like joy and happiness and understanding my what has been really important for that because nowhere in my what did it say anything about like peace or solitude or quiet or calm? It was like happy, joyful, um, a calm, peaceful, but more in like a, a self-assured way than mm-hmm. anything else. And I was like, that's that's more me as somebody who like serendipity is my favorite word, you know, <laughs> it's like between understanding what I was trying to accomplish it's helped me kind of like I guess pattern my life so I'm I'm doing yoga every Monday I'm doing um like a dance fitness class every Wednesday and then I'm doing a bar class every Friday and that has felt so lovely too although bar annihilates me in the best way it's helping me (laughs) see where my physical holes are I'm like oh (laughs) my hamstrings are really weak okay (laughs) welcome to being a human yeah right in this day and age Strong yeah, quads sitting. and pitiful hamstrings. Yeah. My hamstrings were so tight after last Friday. I took a killer pre-workout that made me feel like I could do anything. <laughs> and I got done and I was like, my hamstrings were like, blah, blah, blah. I was like jello walking around trying to get to my car. And I was just like, that felt good. Instead of being like worried about how it was going to make me 
feel over the next few days i was mm. like that was good like I, I don't know it's just i'm in a good positive place right now and i've got a lot of things on the chopping block a lot of things on the table a lot of things that i'm putting out there and like i've changed up my uh some of my offerings around skin consultations um i now have two different offerings i have an hour-long consultation that is going to be like a deep dive for somebody that really has been in the woods somebody that really wants to go into the detail and needs and wants that extra time and effort um i have that on the table i also have a 30-minute consultation that requires a little bit more work from the person beforehand they have to fill out a, a deeper questionnaire which allows me to just get right to it which makes it a little more affordable um it's and i've been running some beta groups on that and that's been so far so good i'm going to be putting out some surveys to my beta testers here pretty soon to kind of make sure that all their needs were met but um so far i've been able to get all of my information out in 30 minutes which has never been the case for me (laughs) that's amazing i was like i'm doing it i'm doing it (laughs) like (laughs) I, i wasn't sure it was possible i just have so much to say to people sometimes in that situation so i needed to kind of prove to myself that that was a thing. So, and that's been going really well. Been running it for about almost two weeks now, like a week and a half. And it's been really wonderful to prove the concept of like more affordable, concise, you know, make sure you bring a notepad, notepad and take your notes. Cause I'm gonna talk fast. And I warn people, I'm like, this is 30 minutes of like condensed information. <laughs> like, Go listen to the podcast if you want to know more about your skin type because we're going to talk about other things like <laughs> like right we do, you know here's we your prerequisite for your call listen to episode <laughs> right well sometimes people come to the call with totally mistyping their skin type and mm-hmm. i have to be like actually you're reading more this type you need to go listen to this episode and give you more information and mm-hmm. that's been really wonderful to have that resource to send people to well to and re-educate. i get that i mean you were the mm-hmm. one who told me my skin type <laughs> yeah 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 that's a thing you know i kind of always thought i had you know a particular skin type but there were like little nuanced things that you just knew exactly what they meant and i was like Mm -hmm. oh oh okay (laughs) all right um i sell skincare i guess i should know these things (laughs) thank goodness i've been able to to be part of your in the in your general sphere and just like mitosis you know like absorb (laughs) absorb information by being next to you yeah (laughs) yeah i feel like that's a little bit of what the podcast is if you're a regular listener you're by mitosis getting a lot of my you're getting it you're getting getting lots of good info but it's nice to be able to go deep about your own skin so yeah i can't honestly like let's just vote for vote of confidence for these incredible skin consultations for me, I, you know, you've helped me so much over the years, not only Mm, figure out, you know, what's my skin type and what should be kind of my general routine to, to maintain and feel great. But if I go to a spa, what kind of service should I get? If I, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what's like an add on that I can do. That's a little, you know, a little, some, some extra, if I'm going to add a little self care to this piece. Yeah. Um, you know, if I have a specific thing I want to target, how do I target that? It's like working with yeah. a personal trainer, but related to skin. Yep. Um, yep. That's what we should be. I love it. I love it. So anyway, that's actually I, a big part of my 30 minute questionnaire yeah. is I write down, you know, these are some things that I can educate on. What's most important to you? Like, what are you interested in? Like, mm. and one, one of them is, is, our, um, you know, possible treatments possible professional treatments that would be applicable for me which I think is helpful because I think a lot of people don't seek out aesthetic care or um like medical grade treatments I'll never not do it 
I'm going to do well, it forever. Well, now so you glad know. I did. But yeah. before I knew the power and then I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, it's intimidating yeah. to walk into because you feel and, and a lot of people have told me this over the years that they feel like they're being sold to not cared for mm. a lot of times when they walk into a facility unless they walk in with I want this yes and then they can have that conversation and I, I want that for people I want people to feel like they can get what they're they know what they're asking for mm-hmm. and know what to look for to find a good practitioner a good technician like all those things so it's like that that's going to be that's also a part of the education with the skin consultation too is feeling empowered to make those decisions for yourself yeah. wherever you live yeah. And, you know, I have you on a lifeline all the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> which Always. not every, not everybody else has. But <laughs> I will say a lot of the kind of intuitive nature of the decisions I make about how to care for my skin now, I get to just I kind of ask you if I'm going the right direction. So it's more of like, can you confirm that this is a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some, you know, in a rare moment, you'll be like, actually, I try this instead. But yeah. for the most part, you're like, yep. Yep. Totally on the money. Do that thing. And so you are, you know, one of the things that's happened for me is having combination skin as you have equipped me with the tools to know as the seasons change, how I need to adjust. So, and that is a very big deal for combination for my skin. It's a big deal. Mm -hmm. I will have Mm -hmm. like a whole system working for me and then out of the blue, it's done. Like it's it not, stops. and it's it not feels really work. mysterious, right? Oh, so it was so confused. It happened to me this last year. Well, it's and funny because it, it doesn't happen in seasons where it's really easy to watch. It's not like it snowed and you broke out. <laughs> you know, no. it's like, like, oh, is it? Is it summer? What just happened? It's like it's ten degrees warmer than it was last month. How do you remember? How do you intuitively yeah, feel that? Like, yeah, that, you know. But now I know kind of the month-ish that I need to mm-hmm. be paying attention to things. Yes, ma'am. So, so yeah. I've been really loving that change. I think that that's been a good change for a lot of people because I really I really want to offer um, diversity for people that have different needs. So mm-hmm. I have that. And there's there's some things that are going to be coming this year that are going to be more um, like if you you want me for regular checkups for a period of time, like we're going to be doing package deal situations mm-hmm. some or follow-ups. Um, yeah, um, to make it a little more affordable to follow up on a regular basis because that's definitely some people definitely need that as they're transitioning or trying new things or maybe going through a weaning process or um, postpartum. Like sometimes it's just the follow up is ideal, mm-hmm. and I want to make that you know I want to set per- boundaries for myself. So making sure I'm accurately like setting the right boundaries for time, money like ever all that stuff because I will literally if somebody's messaging me about their skin and I don't say here's how you work with me I I will answer questions for someone over like once or twice a day they will come to me and ask me questions for weeks mm-hmm. and that is too much it's oh, too it's draining like, people cannot ask that of folks yeah and you know it's what much, on that yeah. note you guys if you are having specific skincare questions we've had people submit some pretty specific questions to the podcast pretty recently Mm -hmm. um about skin issues and I would just kind of turn that around and just recommend that you guys if you've got a very specific skin issue that you are dealing with and need some kind of personal help with we're probably not going to answer that on the podcast and we probably would direct you toward a skin consultation with Jen so expect that email back from us if you've emailed us and asked us about 
some skin help. <laughs> yeah, it, so. it just comes down to I have to ask too many questions and it'll take yeah. us two weeks to get you know, to how the many, woods. How many times have we gone on a skin con- skin typing episode and your answer to the question is it depends. <laughs> if here and are, or when. <laughs> here are five five scenarios in yeah. which you would use these five different things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so it's so specific to, you know, you always say people's, you know, their workout routine and uh, you know, what they're eating, all sorts of different things. So mm-hmm. anyways, so you've got the longer consultation now and then the yep. shorter one that's a little more affordable but requires a little bit more work on on our end to work with you yeah yeah and you guys can check out that schedule you can it's all automated now hallelujah hallelujah (laughs) it's all 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 automated and you guys don't need to actually interact with me to get on my schedule anymore pay and get on my schedule you can go to calendly.com backslash jenny b beauty with a g awesome we'll throw that link in the show notes yeah yeah sure you know it you guys, you got some stuff brewing too. I got some stuff brewing. I was like, tell us, tell us. <laughs> okay, so this episode's gonna be launching March ish, mid March, mm-hmm. and I, um, it's been a really interesting thing. So you guys know, I I launched the blog. If you knew, I launched a, uh, <laughs> my business strategist Shay is always telling me, please stop calling it a baby blog. <laughs> but I I, I do that in like an endearing way like it's like Mm -hmm. a baby that I'm like caring for and growing and nurturing yeah so that I was like well let me just be here's the flip side of that Shay love you um (laughs) but I but it's gorgeous and and it's a great it's 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 more extensive than it sounds like well I I just have so much more I want to add to it it's not Mm -hmm. like heavily robust in content it's beautiful it is is a beautiful site it's very clean it's very like me you know when you look at it and you guys will you'll see that um but it's the northwestkitchen.com it's my little baby food blog and it's just baby for now and pretty soon it's gonna be a big girl (laughs) So, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm excited. Um, and then I launched my newsletter as well a couple weeks ago. So um, yeah, I'm going to be sending out lots of um, lovely exclusive recipes to my newsletter. And of course, everything that goes in the newsletter will eventually be on the blog, but who knows when it has to fit into my content plan and everything. Whereas with the newsletter, it can just be kind of this nice off the it, cuff. I felt like I was here's talking what I'm, to you. Yeah, here's what I'm eating right now. Yeah. Here's what's up. Let me help you with this, this thing that we all kind of struggle with. Um, and so last month, my, my big feature was, um, kind of mastering gluten-free cake and making the perfect gluten-free cake every time foolproof, having it be something you can be really confident in. So there's a lot of tips in my previous newsletter. If you sign up for the newsletter now, you're always going to have access to the archived content. So there, there will be a mm. link. There's a link in the bottom of the newsletter that says, hey, here's access to all the previous newsletters. And you can see by subject line what they are. Um, so if you haven't yet gotten my gluten-free pancake recipe, it's very fluffy and delicious and awesome. They look you can beautiful. go into those archives. Same with the uh, my my very famous um, exclusive chocolate cake recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited this month. Cake. My my big behemoth for the newsletter. So the newsletter is weekly, but about once a month you're going to get something really like unctuous from me, like really meaty, unctuous. <laughs> that's what we're doing, going big. 
um go i can't big. go big every week so we're going big once a month and then obviously i'll be i'll be in your inbox every week and this month i'm going to teach everybody how to master hollandaise sauce Ooh, and which is like you guys be still my freaking heart for hollandaise sauce yes <laughs> it's, ma'am it's just the best thing ever and i um and i'm and, and in the newsletter i'll teach you how to do kind of eggs benedict a few different ways so it'd be like mm-hmm. let's master hollandaise and then let's figure out what's some good options for assembling like an eggs benedict situation there's going to be a grain-free option there's going to be you know options to add like a gluten-free english muffin and then a recipe for a biscuit in there too Um, let me tell you guys i tried mastering hollandaise sauce without somebody's direction and just reading (laughs) recipes and let's say there was some that didn't really turn out (laughs) so this sounds like a great guided experience (laughs) well it's it's hard it's It's hard to you know what so i will say this it's not hard to make hollandaise once you've kind of seen the finesse of an emulsion and what it takes yeah excuse me um of what it takes and so I think honestly what what I hope is that every time we kind of have this this conversation around you know and this is my goal with with the blog and everything too like let's take something that feels really complicated to make and just let's master that shit and make it so that you know it like the back of your hand like Mm -hmm. my hope is that I'm teaching you the process so that you can Mm -hmm. apply that process to other things. So for example, if you know how to make homemade mayo, that's really thick. Making hollandaise is not going to be hard for you. It's an emulsion. Both are an emulsion, right? And so I'm going to teach you about like the emulsion process and what that looks like. And then we'll have some troubleshooting opportunities. So a lot of times if you make mayo, it can break, right? Same mm-hmm. as if you make hollandaise, it can break. Well, guess what? The fix for both of those is the same. And I'm not going to tell oh, it to you here. I'm going to tell it to you in your email. Oh, um, interesting. And it's an easy that. fix. It's totally an easy fix. Oh. So, uh, but that's the kind of stuff to where, you know, if you're making hollandaise and then your hollandaise is like broken, which happens a lot, um, you know, where like the yolk is kind of separating from the butter and you're like, this is not Oh yeah, what that's I, definitely what happened with me. Uh-huh. It's not pretty. No, it's not pretty. And you just feel so defeated that you're like, I give up. Like, it's fine. Yep. We're having yep. eggs benedict with no hollandaise. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's something that's going to be in the newsletter this month around the 19th, I think. Okay. So okay. don't so quote me on it. an exact date, but about the third week in, in March. So next week from when cool. this podcast episode launches. I'm really excited about that. So yeah, we've had lots of good stuff go on the blog this last month in February. I had a slower start than I intended, but I'm learning. And this is something I've been talking to Shay, my business strategist about, I, you know, I kind of have to go like 150% and then I'll get like to 75% and then I'm happy with that. But if I shoot mm. for 75%, I will do 25%. Like that's, mm. you know, so I have to go really big so that I get some things done. And I don't know mm. if anybody resonates with that, but I'm a very like all or nothing person. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, and this is why like right away, the newsletter went from being something that I thought was going to be monthly that like is, I'm like, I have too much to say. It's going to be weekly. <laughs> it's just how mm-hmm. it is. So yeah. So that's kind of what's, what's going on in, in my neck of the woods and then I've also been pretty like 
rocked in the best way from the episodes that we did with Brianna Firestone from the School mm. of Betty. Yeah. And kind of that like money mindset as it relates to the Enneagram. <laughs> and yep. I feel you. Right? Yep, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been having all the feels around that one. Some of it and she shocked me. Some yeah. of it I was like, oh that I didn't even I didn't even think that was that wasn't even on my radar until she said it. Yeah. And so she made a beautiful freebie for everybody um, for the podcast that is essentially um, broken down into each type. You have a full page of information just for you, for your type. And it goes over the money type and tendencies and um, kind of gifts and challenges, some actions to take around your money and then some money mantras to see. And I'm just like, and she made that wow. for our audience, you guys. Wow. She it's made this so for us. For you guys. For you. Yeah. Not for yeah. us. For you. So um, so I've been trying to take some of the things that I that we kind of we learned from her uh, as it relates to um it, you know, as it relates to my own budgeting and financial goals. And it's been a really healthy shift in our house. It's been really Oh, really, awesome. really interesting. And I've, I've kind of brought the same kind of tape type nine stuff to Josh because he's an Enneagram nine and it's the one money mantra for a nine actually that she had said on the podcast that really, um, d- did not resonate with Josh. And this is something that usually when something doesn't resonate with him, it means that's what he needs to hear. <laughs> And he's avoiding it. <laughs> so like the first time he heard the Enneagram nine song from sleeping at last, he's like, yeah, I just don't know. I don't relate. I don't. And then I was like, mm, I think you need to listen closer. And then he was just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like It just takes, it takes a minute. But the money wow. mantra that I kept saying to him was money works in my favor. And he doesn't necessarily believe that yet. And so mm-hmm. I was like, that, yeah, if you don't believe it, then that's what you need to say. <laughs> mm, that's, that's so true. That's what you need to say. But in a, an adjustment and something really interesting that um, that we talked about, and that, again, is something that's so simple but powerful, was just creating space for a money date and kind of reminding myself that I need to do that. And reframing budgeting as a tool that gives me more control and doesn't take it away Mm. I don't want my money to control me I want to control my money I know isn't that the lie we tell ourselves is that you know looking at our money and creating a budget's restricting it's like no it's freedom yeah I have to constantly remind myself of that and I like that's something that I think is way easier said than actually felt Internally. Yeah, than believing. So yeah, it's definitely totally. something that I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so actually, I kind of created my own money mantra. This wasn't the one of the ones that she listed. But what I've been saying to myself is money doesn't control me. I control my money. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. There's so, that autonomy. Where my eight's at. <laughs> yeah, right? Gosh. I feel that 100%. Like the mantras that she has on here for twos was really... Um, it was interesting my my reaction to some of these because in past me would have just either been like oh that doesn't apply to me or mm, 
I could see how that applies to some twos, but not all twos or, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't, but now I look at it and I go, huh, why do I feel like that? Towards that? <laughs> you know, it's like, I've never really struggled with, of worthiness, feeling worthless or feeling unworthy towards something. Um, but what's interesting, if you look on here, she, she says under the money actions or let's see, where is that? It's under, oh yeah, money actions. Um, she says, look for ways that making and receiving money can be easy. Deep down twos believe they have to work really hard for love and this can translate into your money. And I'm like, okay, I can see where that mantra comes in for me that I am worthy of all that I desire is not necessarily about feeling worthlessness, but it's about feeling like I haven't earned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even, I mean, you've come to a place in your your personal business where you've got all this beautiful, not necessarily residual, uh, it's not passive income, right? It's residual right. income, I should say. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people are booking tons of skincare consultations with you. And that can happen just like you said, with you, you know, you're like taking care of your kids or you're doing something else. And of course you're going to earn that money. You're doing a consultation with them, but that money's mm-hmm. coming in while you're doing other things or relaxing yeah. or while I'm building on, other content while you're building other, yeah, you're building podcast other recording or sure. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and that's, or it comes to you in a, you in a more passive way yes. where they're buying the templates that you've made and the resources that you've made, which oh um, makes my heart so happy within squeeze. And so, you know, this is something where, um, you said something to the effect of like, oh yeah, you know, like I brought in this much on like today or this week or whatever. And you were like, it was so weird to just have you. It's just like right there, you know? Oh man. I'm used to like working the nine to five, hating every second of it because it feels hard, but being like, I, the only choice I have is to sit and accept it for what it is. And this is what it is. It is what it is. That phrase I've probably said to myself over and over and over and over and over again, all the way through my twenties of it is what it is. This is how it is. This is just what life is. And it was hard. So earning money was hard. And I never felt like my income reflected how much I put into it. Mm-hmm. It never felt like that. And so it's been a huge shift um, for me. I'm learning about my Enneagram type and like learning a little bit more about doing the personal work. So that way, um, you know, it can bleed into my professional and my business life. And that so that phrase that Brie put in there about deep down twos not believing that, you know, believing you have to work really hard to earn money and then not feeling that way lately was like, like, it's brutal. Yeah. Like having this moment of like, okay. It's not, it's not hard. I have put the work in and life can be good. Life can be easy. Life can be that, that feeling of ease is what I want out of my life. I don't want to be in a constant state of struggle, you know? No. Yeah. I feel that. I think we all do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Should we get some, into some Enneagram Q&A? Yeah, we got some good ones. We got some really good ones. Okay, I want to actually start out with this question that was directed to you. Mm. Uh, So we got some really, you guys, way back when we did a little Enneagram Q&A for the podcast and we did not nearly get through all of your questions. Mm -mm, mm -mm. And so again, this is Enneagram discussion. 
coming from non-experts um <laughs> but people who absolutely love it and and we're just speaking from our own experience over here so you know you guys go connect with all of the enneagram resources that we've suggested over the million episodes that we've talked about the enneagram um make sure you listen to episodes uh 87 88 and 89 i think that's right i think you're right um where we had Jess Gertner on to go deep dive into each type because she is an Enneagram expert <laughs> and we had her on the podcast um, so earlier good. in January. She was here for all of January, which was really fun. Um, it's almost like having a, a third, a third co-host. Um, but so these questions are, are kind of actually really centered around twos and eights, which is really interesting. Um, if you're not a two or an eight, I think there's a lot of, really helpful information in here to kind of figure out if you kind of have the same question about your type, if that yeah. makes any sense. So first mm -hmm. question for you, Jen, was yeah. um, someone who says, I'm having a really hard time figuring out if I'm a two wing three or a three wing two. Genevieve, mm -hmm. did you struggle with this? Mm -hmm. um, if I so, did. like, do you have any advice? Yeah, I did struggle with this because um, my dad is a three wing two and he is a three, but he <laughs> and I have always jived. We've always gotten along on that front. We both love to achieve. We both are like, we love sports. There's something about loving sports and being a three that just goes together. Like, you know, you just, the achievement is clear and you're going to achieve the things and it's, I don't know, it feels good. So I, it took me a hot minute to really decide where I lie in there and but the interesting is as I learned more about of it it really came down to the like the key the motivations the um sometimes it was like the childhood experience that really drove me to decide you know um but what it came down to was um some of the things about the core fear the differences between the core fear was really what hit me hard and made me go, oh, okay. But it's also being able to see the difference between my dad and I. He's definitely a three wing two. Like he fits, he's a three, 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 um, with a little bit of two. And I'm a two, 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 two with a little bit of three. <laughs> and so um, if you can take a clearer look at your, the core fear and like what drives you, what motivates you um, to do things, then you will probably be able to see a little more clearly Um and in, to be honest, I think the core fear for a three is being worthless and the core fear for a two is of being unwanted, unworthy of being loved. Now, that can feel really nuanced, but a three could care less. Well, some threes. A three could care <laughs> less about what somebody thinks of them. Mm. It's about what they do or don't do for somebody else. You know, that give that gives them a little bit of like, Whoa. Like, you know, eh. I mean, my dad is such a um, strong personality in the fact that he's like, it's okay if you don't like me if I'm doing my job. And I'm like, you still have to like me and you have to accept the fact that I'm doing my job. Okay. Like, <laughs> like it's, <laughs> that's the difference there that I could see. And, and, and for the longest time, it was always just like, well, he's a guy and I'm a girl. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not a guy girl thing. That's a, a core, a desire, core fear thing. That's, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Well, and so. I like a really big, that like the key motivation for it too is to like express their feelings for others. Threes don't necessarily do that. I mean, they no. don't, not all, not all threes are the same, right? 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but but a three, I often see suppressed feelings in a three, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. one of the things that Jess talked about in her episodes, her deep dives on the Enneagram, and this is probably actually in episode 86, I'm guessing, where we kind of talked about the triads in relation to like the full spectrum of the Enneagram. And she talked about how within each triad, so this is the feeling um, feeling type is, uh, what, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how one of those types will try to, one type likes to express their feelings, mm-hmm. one type likes to suppress their feelings, and the other type likes to avoid their feelings or something to that effect. And I think the three mm-hmm. was avoiding feelings but Mm -hmm. i can't i don't fully remember so i think that's it was an interesting (laughs) distinction right everybody has feelings okay everybody has them yeah you can't avoid it as much as you want to but yeah but the type two is like wanting to be loved and appreciated whereas the three wants to be affirmed Mm. like affirmation and appreciation are different things yes they are right so and and threes really like to be admired and they like to impress by like you know, showing what they do and having who they are be tied up in what they do, which is like they need to know that who they their worth is not tied to what they do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I think mm-hmm. core desire, too, is really important here. Yeah. Um, and the core desire of a two is to feel loved. Right. To feel yep. appreciated. But the core desire of a three is to feel valuable and worthwhile yeah yeah Yeah. which is more of like a respect level not a love thing yeah it's there's no personal feelings necessarily in valuing someone else or feeling that they're worthwhile or you're part of your time you know and i will say that might be hard to distinguish right yeah because the three might still see it as wanting to feel loved so i think i Mm -hmm. i get that someone could struggle. i mean this isn't my type so i can't quite say that but and you have an interesting example of being one side of that and then your dad being the other side of that and you guys cohabitate Mm -hmm. in a multi-generational household which is so it's really interesting and and you get to see Mm -hmm. that firsthand and you guys are really close too you're very close with your dad yeah yeah, um, I think that the big thing, too, that I see the difference between him and I is he gets tunnel vision very easily in his tasks mm. that I don't get. I don't get tunnel vision nearly as bad as he does. <laughs> I mean, I do a little bit, but not like he does. <laughs> so if you find yourself like staying up till midnight or one in the morning to accomplish something because you can't sleep until you do, you're probably a three <laughs> or an eight. <laughs> whoops whoops we're gonna talk about that in a minute though yeah Um, yeah yeah. and so i you know just in a general sense anytime you're kind of unsure of your type what's helped okay i won't say what's helped me what's helped the people around me because i didn't have any you knew your type yeah you were um was looking at again that core fear core desire but even more so if you feel like that the core fear and core desire of all the types just doesn't really quite align for you or you can't really see it. Go look at the subtype for each type. Hmm. Yeah. Seriously. Yep, yep, yep. Go look at the that subtype. My husband. Yeah. So there's three subtypes and they are self-preservation, social, and one, one-to-one or sexual is what it's called, but it doesn't mean that like the sexual side of things. Um, and, and you each know, f- number 
has those each number has all three so you could Mm -hmm. be a self-preservation two, a social two, a one-on-one two, and the interesting piece is that a lot of times I've I've learned through friends who have been trying to like dive in and figure out what their type is when they look at the subtype a lot of times the ones who are really struggling to figure out you know which which type they align with the most is they are often the counter type of their type so true and that's determined by subtypes so for example i would say the only only type that's probably not true for is an eight but that's because it's so easy to see if you're an eight (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it couldn't i've never met an eight that wasn't sure if they were an eight or not positive 100 percent. yes yeah um and so and that's why anytime I meet someone who's like, I might be an eight, but I might be a two. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, you're, no, you're a two. If you're it's unsure, okay. you're not an eight. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but I am a like, for example, I'm a social eight. So I'm the counter type of my type. So I um, can be a lot warmer than a lot of other eights. I attest um, to that. <laughs> thank you. I pride myself. <laughs> I'm a lot warmer. I'm a lot more like community oriented. I'm a little less selfish on the up from what people see. I'm still equally selfishly motivated, <laughs> um, but I can kind of put my best foot forward in a situation where some other eights might not be able to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And I am, I focus a lot of my attention on other people. So like my reasons for doing things while, you know, they can have like a self a self element it's often like i'm doing this for the greater good of literally the universe <laughs> like the world mm-hmm. so anyways not to go too deep into that but um if you're struggling to know your type i think looking at the inst- instinctual subtypes is really helpful um and every enneagram expert out there has something on subtypes that you can go check out so well i, w- I would love to l- <clears throat> learn a little bit there was a, definitely a a ping to threes mistyping as eights and vice versa. Yeah. And so we had a question about that too. Yeah. I would love to hear, cause I know that you knew you were an eight. Yeah. I wanted to be a three. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> I think I wanted to be a three. So I, you know, the Enneagram eight is the challenger, the protective challenger. And, you know, the three is this, you know, successful achiever. So we both look like this really striving type. Strong. Strong, Mm -hmm. assertive, usually Mm -hmm. more self-confident. We excel. We're very driven. But for very different reasons. Extremely different reasons. And when I look at the core motivation of a three, I like, my heart hurts for them because I'm, yeah. I'm just like, Oh, why do you care about that? You know, I know. <laughs> it's my own, my own stuff. And so the, you know, the, I think you can, it's easy. It might be easy if you, if you don't know yourself well, um, or if you're just not quite sure why you're so driven, you know, this might be one where you do go look at the childhood unconscious childhood message. Um, Mm -hmm. and Jess Gertner goes over those in, uh, episodes 87 through 89. And, you know, for a three, like, again, we go through and just like break it down into each type A three really wants to be affirmed. An eight could care less to be affirmed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't need self-reliance. What eights are. Yeah. Yeah. Very self-reliant. Um, you know, threes really want to distinguish themselves from others and kind of be admired. Whereas an eight is like 
no, no. I don't care if I look like anybody else. Just don't try to tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. And if what I want to do looks like what someone else is doing, I don't care. So I don't need to have that like element of, of admiration. I don't mind. Everybody likes to be admired. Um, But it's not something you feel motivated by or that you need. Yes. And so the core desire of an eight is really to protect themselves and those they love. So um, I want to be in control of my own damn life and my own destiny. Whereas the core desire of a three, again, is to feel valuable and worthwhile. I already inherently feel that. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, I have something to contribute. And yes, I am a a healthier-ish eight on that spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the core fear, and this is where I think it really kind of comes down to it the core fear of a type three is to is of being worthless you know just as we were talking about with genevieve in relation to the two right but -hmm. the core fear of an eight is being harmed or controlled by others Mm -hmm. like what makes you go like oh yeah Um, yeah and i know as an eight i know no one can determine my worth but me like which is again that self-reliant piece so i think if you're unclear you might just want to be the other type but you kind of probably know because <laughs> yeah, yeah. i looked at a three and i was like oh that'd be great like yeah and i kind of like when i looked at the initial you know like i looked at the initial kind of breakdown just the names i looked at the names and i was like oh i'm totally an achiever like 100 yeah. percent. oh but the reasons why i achieve are very different mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep and I'm not I definitely went through that too I was like I love achievement I love goals I love reaching I love going I love doing Uh uh-huh so interesting though yeah motivation's all different okay this is a really good one and I'm excited to talk about this because I think Mm -hmm. this is like a fiery topic um someone asked um how do you set healthy boundaries as a two oh (laughs) and and I'm like this is Genevieve's life work I was like okay okay Okay, so Because, yeah, this has been my life's work. It's funny. I kind of started on this journey unknowingly in my 20s when I was when I really started to realize, like, it, it's important for me to understand where my boundaries are and to put other people in, you know, so they understand my boundaries. But it took me a long time. Like, I did a really good job of doing it in the workplace in my early 20s. Uh, because I was probably not in a great healthy place with, um, expectations at work, uh, because I would let them, I would let my workplace walk all over me. I would have bent over backwards for them. Like I just, and it took my husband being like, why do you let them treat you like that? To be like, yeah, this isn't super healthy. (laughs) Um, you know, it started with a workplace and then it started with extended family. And then only even recently did it start within like my marriage and, you know, you know, extended family also kind of bleeds into like people I let into that space, like my community that I, I love and care about. Like, mm-hmm. and so that took me a long time. It took me a long time to like work through that. Um, but it really took me to really get into that boundary setting because it only took me two years ago, year and a half ago to realize that I hadn't done that with my husband. Mm. <laughs> like I hadn't done that with my husband and my kids. And I had inadvertently put them in a bad position because their expectations were this because that's all I'd ever given them and told them that this is, you know, what you can expect from me. And then not to be morbid, but if something were to happen to me, 
I was like genuinely worried that there was a lot of things they didn't know about what I was doing and what I knew and what I was preparing for and like so and it worried me and I went this is not good this is not good and so it took me getting into that really quiet space that self-reflection to think about my myself very deeply and thinking about what is mine to do have I taken care of my own wants and needs um, have I clearly, and you, this is the part where the quiet reflection comes through, have I clearly communicated those boundaries to others and asked for that space? You know, I mean, and it, it guys, my husband's a five. And if you don't make sense to him because he's a five and values data, it's like I had to come to him and be like, I need this very clearly. I need this. And then I had to be like, and I just need you to give it to me because I'm asking for it. (laughs) It was really hard. You know, I wanted to give him that data, but there's no data to give when it's your feelings, you guys. There's just, that's not a thing. And so you have to come at it from a place of like self-respect of like allow what you're going to allow into your life, whether it's emotional, physical, financial, financial, spiritual, and like any of those categories in your life. You have to really give yourself that time and space to think about it and be okay with that quiet space. For me, it was like doing brain dumps and journals and really getting to know the Enneagram and seeing like, oh, okay, I see that in myself and just a lot of self-reflection. And it's not been quick. It's been a solid two years, solid Mm -hmm. two years of really serious reflection to understand where my boundaries even were (laughs) on that level. It's like, it was easy for me to do it when it came to work because I think that there's a lot of conversation around healthy boundaries in the workplace. Um, But there's not a lot of conversation around healthy boundaries in your personal space. That's different, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's, it's been, I I feel like I can't tell you how to do it for yourself other than those things (laughs) because it's different. Every two is different. You know, one, two may need a luxurious two hour bubble bath a week because it allows them to sit in their space. You know what I mean? Um, Some may need like I needed my husband to show up for me in ways like he started doing the bedtime routine because I had been go, 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 go. And one of the things I realized about myself is that from the second I opened my eyes and when my children were really small, it was actually literally 24 seven. I mean, it's still kind of like that a little bit, but they're a little older that I was on literally all the time and I was never asking for that space to not be mom wife caregiver like um money maker in some situations like I just I was never asking for that space and so once I asked for that space uh, and was just like I just I I need you to give it to me because I need it (laughs) like I don't have any other data for you than just I'm kind of losing my mind here because I'm not giving I'm not setting that up for myself and um, it was it was really interesting because once I started setting up those boundaries, a lot of good came from it in a lot of ways. I was more resilient. I dealt with conflict easier. I dealt with criticism better. Uh, I was able to see boundaries that were kind of being broken that I didn't realize were being broken before because I was just kind of micromanaging things. Mm. <laughs> You know, I just had more clarity when I asked for the boundary space that I needed. So, 
yeah. I could probably go on for a long time about it. Well, but. and I, you know, I will say too, I don't think boundaries for a type two are not always around finding time for yourself or self care. Sometimes right. they're around managing others' expectations of you, um, mm-hmm. managing others' like time requirements of you. You know, so many of those things. Yeah. So it's not always just like let's make time for self. Like that's for sure an important thing for her too it's yeah. an important thing for i think everyone could could relate to that especially mamas you know mm-hmm. um and i think that's where it started for me because i wasn't asking for that yeah and this is where like i think we kind of landed on this with brianna firestone when she was on the podcast was like you know before you give to someone else financially making sure your own needs are taken care of first financially Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the added layer we kind of jumped into, well, I said, well, what about wants, <laughs> you know, because yeah, I was like, oh, because in, in <laughs> my hierarchy, it goes, you know, your needs, your wants, someone else's needs. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, and it's, it's not always true. It depends on, um, the situation and who the person is to me because you know my family my closest friends they're in there with self mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's that I- identification right but mm-hmm. I think you know finding that boundary and I know it's been just really impactful for you to kind of anytime you feel like you need to do something for someone else or give something to someone else you're always asking you know is this is this mine to do and yeah that was an important boundary after I was living in that quiet space of like is that mine to do yeah (laughs) I had to literally mantra repeat that to myself quite a bit (laughs) we love some mantras over here yeah it it was really important for me so they always felt really woo to me but now I see I see the power I'm like okay all right (laughs) I'll journal and do mantras it's fine (laughs) Um, okay I got I got one for you there's one on this list I really want to do so this one says how do you earn back the trust of an eight who feels you have betrayed them. Oh, <laughs> I know. Talk about good a big one. luck. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I have to say. <laughs> so this is like, if you're not super close to this eight, it's probably not going to happen. I'm just being so real right now. Um, it's possible, but just, I wish you so much luck. We are, mm-hmm. you know, quick to write people off in, in an effort to protect ourselves from being hurt again. Mm-hmm. And so, you're going to have to ask some really direct, uncomfortable questions. And I say that because if this was another eight, they wouldn't be asking if they could win back someone's trust. They would be throwing up a middle finger and being like, yeah, bye. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, you know, bye. So I know this is not coming from an eight. It can't be. <laughs> yeah. It's coming from um, a number, another number. That's like, another I have no number. idea how to approach and this. You know, <laughs> not every other number has trouble with conflict, but they definitely don't like thrive in it you know, in that, in that Mm -hmm. directness. And so, um, man, it's going to take some patience on your end because it's going to take that person a long time to trust you again. Obviously it depends on what the betrayal is, but, Mm -hmm. um, or the perceived betrayal, shall we say? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, but you really have to show them a lot of patience, a lot of respect, um, and give them some friggin' space. Mm -hmm. If they ask you for space, they mean it and if mm-hmm. you don't give them the space they ask for then you will be done because they're mm-hmm. testing you they're testing yeah. you in that moment and 
then the other piece too is it, and this is the hard thing you have to give them space but still show up so what that looks like might be different you know for it will be different for every relationship but yeah. what you do have to do is be extremely clear in your words and show you have to say and show that you're not going anywhere so you have to yeah, literally like grab that person look in their eye and say hey I know you're mad at me. I know what I did hurt you. And I'm so sorry. Um, I, if I tell you right now that I'll never do it again, I know you won't believe me, but here's what I can say. I'm really mm. sorry. I'm not going anywhere and I want to figure this out and I won't be pushed away. Mm -hmm. Cause they will push you away. Mm -hmm. you out so you really have to fight for them if you want that relationship you really have to fight for them you have to show up with intensity you have to show up with directness you have to meet the, you have to like find the eight inside of you to like meet <laughs> that eight where they're at yeah because I will forgive like if someone betrays me I'm sorry like I'll write you off but it's not like I won't ever forgive you we just have to like you have to have a real conversation and take responsibility for whatever it is that you did. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, it's back to that. If you're, if you're ever in an eight circle, you're in. Oh, but, but if you're out, you're out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I've seen an example of this, um, before in a distant family member who really, this is before I understood what eights were really struggled with, um, interfamily relationships and a lot of, um, betrayal was felt and a lot of frustration was felt. And, um, they just got to this place of just middle finger to the world, man. Like <laughs> just literally every person that came into their space, it was just like big up yours, buddy. And fortunately this person was able to recognize it and say, I'm out. And they forced the space. But what was what was interesting was is that everyone in their life, the extended family, was just like, we respect you. We respect you. We respect what you're asking for. Just know that when you're ready to re-engage, we are here. Always. And that was the, the larger response. And five years went by. Five years. And this person re-emerged and was just like, okay. I've done the work. I'm ready to re-engage in the relationship. And it has been several years now. And it has been the most glorious, amazing thing. And if now, and if you think about it this way, if, if people had not had given this person space, they never could have had that moment of like peace, <laughs> like to like figure out how they were feeling to be able to re-enter into the relationship. And the, you know, it's like, that patience and the respect of giving to that person is just so paramount because uh, a really healthy eight is a beautiful thing. And having that relationship with a really healthy eight feels so, uh, it feels so protective and sure. And, you know, it's just, so it's like if you are worried about an eight in your life that they need space, don't don't be worried. Just be, be that rock, be that foundation, be that sure thing that they need and, but let them be them, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will. So here's my one critique on that is that this assumes that the person who 
under the eight who's like undergoing this perceived betrayal is in an unhealthy place Mm. right Mm. and and has that space where they need to grow and we all need to grow but i've Mm. had situations where you know there was perceived betrayal Mm -hmm. on my end and who knows maybe it's on their end too um but but it's like balls in your court so this was the case in which they said hey i'm taking the ball and i'm gonna be over here and we're done playing like but it's me but as an eight for me if you betray me i'm like i'm dropping the ball you pick it up and figure it out on your own and bring Mm. it back to me when you're ready like Mm, that's because you wronged me (laughs) and and that Mm -hmm. might be coming from you know like a a more selfish place but just know that that's probably how an eight is thinking so oh i know this was how this only give them space yeah only give them space if they ask for it because Mm -hmm. if they don't ask for it they might not want it they might they'll they'll actually they'll tell you exactly what they want yeah the, this person exactly. this person was very clear yeah do not contact me do not try yep. i like i i am out and yep <laughs> and that's where i'm like the clear advocation for their needs was like they could not have been more clear so yeah <laughs> and you know here's the thing for me is in, in situations where i've had this at least in friendships where i said mm-hmm. like it, it, i you know we're, we're never gonna say like i need you to fight for me <laughs> no one's gonna yeah. say that right yeah. i just need you to do it um mm-hmm. you know where i said hey like i've been putting all the effort in balls in your court it's your turn you you showed me that like you're not gonna you're not who you say you are like that's really that's the like ultimate betrayal for being in relationship with an eight is if you show them you aren't who you say you are mm-hmm. um oh, or who they thought you were oh, and okay. it could be a very tiny action you guys it could be small <laughs> just saying that and that's not always you know there's not necessarily like justification in that but it could be coming from that place and Mm. so if you can't fight for me I'm not in this because I will fight for you till the death if I want it if I want to if I want to be there so that just shows me that you don't you don't want it you know Mm. what I mean you Mm -hmm. don't want it so anyways I wish you so much luck yeah i wish you so much luck um it's hard it's hard it's super mm-hmm. possible i mean josh and i have been through the ringer when it comes to kind of this perceived betrayal piece and there was never any true betrayal but it was perceived yeah i was just gonna um, ask about that the perception yeah is on the person that's that, and that's why i kept inserting like betrayed perceived betrayal right yeah because an eight might perceive something as betrayal that like no one else would (laughs) um but mine this this situation what mine was related to that child that unconscious childhood message and like a wound Mm -hmm. that i had picked up a trauma that i had picked up during childhood so it was Mm -hmm. very very hard for me um yeah but i mean like even in a marriage like i went cold i was cold freaking brick wall good luck with that um and we have a beautiful wonderful lovely relationship now very much um not perfect by any means witnessed it um but it took that that really difficult situation we were in to to have to to almost like break through barriers that existed before that ever happened you know Mm. and Mm -hmm. so and it wasn't just like one event that happened you know it was just like this kind of 
slow degradation of a healthy relationship into one that was kind of cold, you know? Mm. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, if you guys listen to the podcast, you heard that a couple episodes ago (laughs) back at the end of February um, when I convinced my very sweet husband to be back on the podcast with me. (laughs) So it was really funny when this question came in. I actually I said it to Josh and he was like, oh, you got to do this. You got to do this and you got to do this. (laughs) I know exactly how to do that. Been there. Oh, well, man. and he th- he thinks a lot about how to iron out conflict too. Oh, so yeah. being in yeah. nine, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually the last kind of like specific question that we got type wise. Um, someone just said this like it wasn't even a question. It was just like nines in conflict with eights. Can we talk about that, please? <laughs> <laughs> can we have a discussion? Or can we just talk about that? Um, yeah, we can talk about that. We talked a lot about it in episode 93 (laughs) of the podcast, um, when Josh and I were on together. Um, so my husband, Josh is a nine, I'm an Enneagram eight. And, um, you know, what I've noticed is that what's conflict to him is definitely not conflict to me. So like, this is something to where like, as an eight, you really have to be very aware of your your terseness, your directness, your, and not to say that you need to, to tone yourself down. Like, that's not what I'm saying. You're like, no, that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) But I, but there's a level of self-awareness. So I, you know, I'll preface if I know I'm going to say something direct or if sometimes things just come out, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) If I'm real, I just have a moment. Um, things just come out and then, and then I have to follow it up with like, Hey, I know that was kind of direct, but I just want you to know I'm not mad and and we're good. I just it's just something I, I just needed to say or we needed to deal just with or get it out. Yeah. So most often than not, it happens after. But if I'm thinking about it ahead of time and this is like where I'm preparing to like have a discussion about something, I'll often say like, hey, I, I just really need to be very direct with you about this. Like, I just want you to know, like, I don't I don't want to fight. I don't want to be in a conflict like we're we're good I just need you to know that this thing is not okay or you know whatever it is so almost like um coaching them and yourself into understanding very clearly and directly which eights are good at when something is a fight and when it's not because mm. a nine is going to interpret all things as fighting all the time as like with labeling it correctly <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um and you know one of the things that I have had to do with Josh at my own personal detriment, by the way, is <laughs> to encourage him to advocate for himself more because mm. I mean, in a, in a relationship with an eight and a nine, like it's so easy for the nine to just go along with what the eight wants to do. And an eight loves that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Great. I just get to do me all the time, but that doesn't serve a nine in relationship with an A, it doesn't serve them. They need to, and we want them to have their own things. We want them to advocate for themselves. Yeah, you guys are huge cheerleaders for other people advocating yeah. for their own autonomy. It's different in business than it is in a marriage, though. Oh, it's I'm so, sure. I'm sure. So I just see in, that in enmeshed. you. Yeah, I see that in you, but in a marriage, I can see how it's much more it's different. nuanced. Yeah, and they also, you know, like my husband doesn't want to be coached by me. Surprise, surprise. Um, so, but it's really hard for nines to express their true feelings 
and their true expectations for things. And so I often have to, and I'm not the best at this, right? This is always, we're always going to be working on this is creating space for those feelings and expectations to be said and heard. And I will often ask Josh, like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, Hey, you know, what do you think about this? Or is this okay? And he'll be like, yeah, it's fine. And I'm like, no, how do you really feel? And then he'll say like, oh no, it's fine. And I'll say, no, no. How do you really feel about it? Fine is not a feeling, <laughs> and my often, friend. Like, more often than not, it's something totally, he's like, you know what? That is kind of irritating. <laughs> or that is, you know, <laughs> oh, that makes me really happy. Yeah, I would love to do that. Like nines will kind of rest in this place of, of being numb to their own opinions and their own mm-hmm. feelings about things to survive, you know, to get through. And so, yeah, I have to actually ask, which again involves me having to make space for him and his needs and wants and things, which is, you know, important in a relationship. Um, but you know, feels like an inconvenience to an eight <laughs> who just wants to barrel through everything. Um, uh, it's just so hilarious because it's so opposite for me. All I do is thinking about everybody else. Yeah. And, and one thing that I do, I doubt Josh likes this very much, but I think it's been really helpful is to point out to Josh when he's avoiding conflict Mm. um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with other people. So like, you know, if he's avoiding conflict with his mom or his coworker or or whatever, I'll say, Hey, like you're kind of, you're being a little passive aggressive and it seems like you're avoiding conflict with that person. Whereas you should just be direct (laughs) in this moment. You know, he's actually a pretty good. He'll just be like, you know what? You're probably right. <laughs> like, You're probably right. He might still continue to do there. the same thing. But one thing I've had <laughs> and found language around is telling Josh he, when he is, avo- sometimes, and this is specific to marriage, right? So just know that. Um, sometimes nines um, think they're choosing no conflict, like they're avoiding conflict completely. But what they're doing is avoiding conflict with all others and entering into conflict with their partner or the person who is like, again, so close to themselves that they're considered self, right? Mm. So like Josh Mm -hmm. knows I'm not going anywhere, right? So I was just going to say that's kind of a, I think a thing that happens in marriage. Yeah, it's just a marriage thing, right? Yeah, this person loves and accepts me and I know they do no matter what. And so it's easier. Yeah. To just well, and we often, right? We abuse the people we're closest to, right? They yeah. get the worst version of us, which is yeah. terrible. <laughs> like we can't. I know. What we is can't that? Do, we can't do life like yeah. that. But there, you know, the Enneagram has given us language to say like, um, you know, I, I've said to him, hey, like you're choosing to avoid conflict with maybe your family. And in conjunction, you're choosing conflict with me. And mm-hmm. that's a really, mm-hmm. that's a tough one, but that's one it's we've had to, pause. to, I was to like, that sounds into. sticky. It's sticky. It's a sticky, and it's not just like, you know, just using his family as an example. Maybe he's, yeah. he's, um, avoiding conflict with the ski team parents, but choosing it with me because he's giving too much of himself to them and not to me, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. So that's been an interesting, like kind of language point that we've had for reference that makes him actually think about it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, there's no such thing as see and this is like the view of an eight right there's no Mm -hmm. such thing as peace okay like there's Mm -hmm. always going to be tension somewhere so when you choose yeah but listen when you choose peace in one area you're forgoing peace in another that's just a Mm -hmm. fact Mm -hmm. like and that's that's, and that's the true knowing of a nine you need to know like you're avoiding conflict but you literally can't (laughs) 
and sometimes when you try to avoid it you create it (laughs) oh that's meta uh uh-huh okay anyways i'll get off my soapbox for a minute but as so for as a nine so something that josh had mentioned um he has to work really hard to like stay in an argument with Mm. me um or a discussion or anything that feels like a conflict to him Mm. and he really asks me to recognize when I'm entering into a place of conflict, but it's really not necessary, mm-hmm. you know? And he, he's like, that's probably not necessary. Like we don't need to escalate that. And he can't obviously <laughs> talk to me like that. I was like, <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I, he's very, very good with words. So he'll find some other way to do it. But, um, it's usually after the fact of being like, that feels like it escalated and it didn't need to sort of a thing so (laughs) that's so that's actually insightful um and then there's one thing i heard actually the other day when i was waiting through some content on um ashton from enneagram ashton's um instagram and she had said that eights need to be compassionate about nine's comfort level with confrontation Mm, compassion so so understanding and having compassion for the fact that even if that conflict might be necessary just know it's really uncomfortable for that person Mm, and so it's almost that yeah yeah and acknowledging so Mm, mm -hmm. yeah and then the last question that we had was just um what's the best way to share about the Enneagram with others? And this was from Mm. someone who was like, Hey, I'm really excited about it. And I'm trying not to like scare people, (laughs) like freak them out Uh, or like, or like force personal development on someone, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and one thing that, you know, we're talking about on an upcoming episode with, uh, Brianne Wick is like this, you know, when you want others to develop personally, you just go work on yourself and, and they'll come along with you when they're ready, sort of a thing. Yeah. But how, I mean, how would you, how would you share? Like, how would you answer this? Uh, I, you know, it's funny. I actually think this um, has a lot more do, to do with um, a slightly different work frame, the Gretchen Rubin work frame mm. around the questioner, obliger, upholder, mm-hmm. rebel. If you understand where somebody lies and there, it's a little easier to understand how to interact with them. Like I'm an obliger and most other obligers, you can just be like, hey, you should learn about this. I want to talk about this to you. And they'll go, okay, just out of pure curiosity, I'll check it out, you know? And, but like my husband's a questioner. My dad's a questioner. Both of my brothers are questioners and my mom's a rebel. I am the only obliger in my family. What is that? <laughs> Statistically, really, what is that? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's pretty rare because the obliger is like the most common, I think. Yeah, by a long shot, I thought. Yeah. Um, obliger in family. Kind of everything makes a lot more sense when I understand it that way. But when I talk to them about um, what this framework is, I talk to them more about like how they interact with the world. I'm like, if you'd like to understand a little more about how you interact with other people and other types, this might be something you'd be interested in because, and if they're a questioner, I come at it that way. Um, with my mom as a rebel, (laughs) um, I kind of had to, um, talk about my own experiences with it. And because I'm her daughter, she would started to get into it because she wanted to have a conversation with me about it. Mm-hmm. So if you have a rebel in your life and they're close to you and you're close, it might be worth being like, this is important to me. <laughs> and I would love to have this conversation with you. They might be interested. If they are an upholder, you literally just have to be like, take this test. 
that was my business partner he's an upholder take and i was test. like take this i need to understand this about you and he he's like cool D- <laughs> did it like, like so and so go ahead sorry oh it was just for me it was about understanding their motivation for expectations mm. but a broad the broad perspective really is I am so interested in this and it has impacted and changed my life so much that it created, I think it's creating this space for other people to be like, oh, that's, that is kind of interesting. You know, it's like giving them the space to engage on it on their own, um, has been probably the best way for people to get into it. It's like, oh, have you, have you done this? Do you know what number you are? And then they're like, what? (laughs) I love that. And then continue to talk about it. (laughs) What I think, right. Just keep talking about it. Yeah. Eventually Um, they'll be like, what? Yeah, I mean, I think talk about your experience, and if they're intrigued, you can obviously point them toward resources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Resources, uh, depend like Instagram accounts can be really fun to send people to. Yeah, that might just kind of get one. people like thinking about it, but not mm-hmm. feeling threatened by it. I know, and some Instagram accounts are actually quite funny. Like they've got some really interesting things to say, and like like oh yeah, I I do I do that. <laughs> you know, like it's just kind of. A, a lighthearted way to engage in the Enneagram because not, yeah. not everyone's ready to do the deep dive work yet. Oh, it's, you know, so not ready. Do you want to know what an eight would do? <laughs> <laughs> what would an eight do? I would, you know, obviously I've, I've, I'm at the point, you know, theoretically where I've read up on the Enneagram and I probably have a pretty good perception of what this person's type is. Yeah. I feel like I don't, wrong. You know, I think if you know someone pretty well, you probably can kind of deduce, but you're, you're not supposed to type anyone. Just know that you're not supposed yeah. to. <laughs> um, I think eights might be a little more gifted at doing that. Uh, but I, again, could be very wrong and very... Yeah, um, twos are kind of up there that way too. Boastful in that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's more of like a gut instinct sort of a thing. But I have to know mm. someone pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't... I don't, I mean, I might have, I have one close friend who I've been wrong about. Let me just say that. And I've presented the Enneagram to most of my friends and been like the first resource in the Enneagram to my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And here's how I would do it. <laughs> I would probably deduce what their type is. I would go look at the core desire of that type and frame <laughs> the Enneagram in a way that appeals to their core desire. <laughs> You could do that. You could. So, you could. so, so the, and this is why I thought of that is because the way that you framed it was how you should talk to a two about it. Mm-hmm. How do you interact with other people? How can you know yourself better in these mm-hmm. community situations? Or in my dad's and, situation. How can I achieve by working sure. with other people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so his is like achievement oriented. Yeah. Mine is like, learn how to control everything (laughs) (laughs) and my mom's a four and she's like this doesn't apply to me (laughs) yeah so and you know it's like the interesting thing like for me as an eight within the enneagram i know that with certain types i actually have to protect myself more Mm, mm -hmm. Um, and maybe that's a lie i'm telling myself but this (laughs) is the experience that works for me so Mm. so anyways i will say like I think, you know, if you if you're in relationship with someone, you you love them, you feel compassionate toward them, you really want them to kind of jump into this funky little personal development journey with you that's specific to the Enneagram. I would just say um, learn about their type, 
but don't regurgitate it to them. Let them come Mm -hmm. to that place. And then when they're ready to talk about it, hear them instead of tell them. I will say some of the ways that I've been able to get people interested into it is is like they figured out what type they were or they knew pretty much right away when I first said oh have you done this do you know what type you are or what number you are and they're like oh I'm this number I will say there have been times where they were like having a problem or had a you know something has been hard for them and I give them advice based on their type their number and they're like how did you know that like they're like you're like some sort of like psychic mind reader i'm like no i just know the enneagram really well and i probably know where you're experiencing issues <laughs> and they're like oh really yeah i've just book i can read or a podcast i'm like yes there's like yes yeah it's called my podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh okay guys well i think that is probably enough questions for today we're already a little over time so um yeah i i hope you guys have been enjoying this Enneagram feature for the past few months. We thought it was going to be a few episodes, but it turned into a few months. So good. And we're here for it. And Mm -hmm. there's still more to come. We're going to be talking Enneagram subtypes here soon. We're going to have Steph Baron Hall from Nine Types Co. on the podcast. And we're talking about business in the Enneagram. So like entrepreneurship. And I'm really excited for that too. Um, and then in, in quarter two, so pretty much, you know, April through June, we're going to be focusing a deep dive on business development and oh, education. I'm so I'm ready. And we're going to be interviewing some people around their story and how they built a business. We're going to talk about how to start a podcast. We're going to talk about how to launch a service-based business. We're going to talk about how to set up your financials for your business and you know kind of share some of those key back-end things that we've learned over the years but do it with people who are experts in those fields so we're really really excited stories too so excited so thanks for being here this week you guys we love you and we'll talk to you next week bye thanks for joining us today on this episode of rebel heart radio you can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.